0: Hey everyone, and welcome back to The Crash Couch, Random Chatters' official podcast for Sci-Fi's The Expanse. Uh, I'm your host, Chris McGuffin, and today I have the crew reunited. Uh, last time we didn't have Eric, but he has returned alongside Lou. How are
1: you both doing?
2: Yeah, last time Lou tried to space me.
1: <laughs> hey, hey, you know, I just try to be efficient.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, it didn't work.
1: That's right. You're still here.
2: Yeah. Gotta try harder than that. So much for efficiency.
1: Yeah. Don't tempt Come me on, Lou.
0: Don't get tempt. on top of the things.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm doing well though. I don't know about Eric. I mean Eric's under the weather, I guess. He's a little sick, maybe maybe. Yeah. And
2: yeah, I'm, I'm not dead yet. We're working on it though.
0: Well, awesome. You're 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 a lot like me. Last I've this for this past week really, I've been kind of fighting off a sickness. I'm finally feeling better, so um, that's a good thing. So um, so I, I guess both of you are, are ready for this week's discussion. Um, this week we are talking about uh, Episode 6, Rock Bottom, Episode 7, Windmills, and Episode 8, Salvage. Um, now,
1: you know, I, I, I may have watched different episodes than you guys did because I don't have Rock Bottom as my episode number 6. What? Yeah. Um, on iTunes, my, my episode 6 was uh, um Retrofit. Retrofit. Were you watching yeah. a different show? No, I'm serious. That's what I got on my, on my iTunes. Okay.
2: My iTunes has uh, rock bottom. but
1: no, no, mine's retro- um, it, it Retrofit kind of fits with what happened in the episode. Well, you know, yeah. So I know everywhere else it is called rock bottom, but <laughs> for some reason on my iTunes it's called retrofit. Well, there you go. I have to be a little different. I'm sorry. That's
0: odd. I, I did a quick Google search, and apparently, you're not the only one that uh, that thought this um, or that had this problem. <laughs> I, I, maybe, I, I guess it was like
1: it. A, I guess it was just like a,
0: you know, maybe it was a what it
1: was called a production, or maybe I, I know I downloaded it when it was originally out, so mm-hmm. you know, maybe they've changed it since then. But yeah,
0: they may have actually. IGN has uh, a link. When, if you search The Expanse Retrofit on Google, the first link is a uh, review. It says The Expanse Retrofit Review from IGN. Um, but if you click on it, it is changed to rock bottom. So I'm assuming that it was like maybe an original title and then later on it was changed. And yeah, yeah, yeah. some people didn't get the memo, I guess. Okay. So now
1: we've confused all of our fans, I, I feel good, so.
0: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, it is rock bottom, retrofit, whatever you want to call it. Um, so I figured this week, Lou, you brought this up earlier off the air, um, rather than like going through each episode one by one, um, maybe we kind of talk about like the major points, um, of really the entire arc, because I kind of feel at least with these three that it was, you you get more out of it if you watch them all consecutively rather than just
1: watching them individually, just because they all kind of run together yeah Mm. yeah Uh, i think these three did a good job of putting you know getting into the meat of the story and really setting us up for a great finale yeah uh i was actually watching i watched them
0: all today uh for the first time and uh when i was watching six i honestly found myself like being really bored and i hate saying that about this show because i really enjoy it and you know, we've we've had these really intense episodes followed by uh, you know something that really catch our breath, um, or that allows us to catch our breath, and this one I felt was one of those, but it was just it wasn't engaging enough to me. But in hindsight, it kind of works as like if you like look at it as a really long you know two and a half hour movie, then um, you know it it kind of. Works as like the first act, where you get it. You know, it pays off in the mm-hmm. uh, next two episodes.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. that that's a good point because the first one, rock bottom. You've got some uh, some kind of interesting developments. You've got uh, the meeting with Fred Johnson in Tycho Station. You've got more info on Julie Mao. Uh, you get the conspiracy mm-hmm. where Miller is is fired. Yeah, and it's like, oh, that was unexpected so you've got the the planting of seeds for things to come and then mm-hmm. episode seven windmills another don quixote reference uh there's not a whole lot going on there other than maybe character development uh, character development for avasarala uh the introduction of the spy on the ship but really it's that eighth one where things really start to pick up and i think it's that eighth episode that really sets things in motion for the rest of the series going forward
0: Mm-hmm. yeah Eight was definitely my highlight of these three, um, but I guess we can kind of start, uh, you know, first with six, and then moving into seven. You know, feel feel free to talk about, you know, things interchangeably. Like don't don't worry about ju- just talking about six and you know not talking about something that happens in seven. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess we can start off with uh, Holden, mainly because there's not a whole lot that goes on, uh, really, really, and honestly, until episode eight. Um, him and his crew are on uh, Tycho Station, um, where they we saw them uh, get there last time. Uh, after Fred Johnson um, invited them on and said they would be safe, which kind of surprised me because you know you would think that you know for someone like Holden who put that message, uh, you know, across space where everyone is you know everyone pretty much knows who he is now, you would think he'd be a little bit more. I don't know conspicuous conspicuous
1: about what he was doing. Mm. Well, you know, the episode started out with them arriving at Tycho Station. They had the confrontation with Fred in the airlock or in the you know tunnel leading to the station, and they really didn't know what to make of each other yet. And mm-hmm. if you remember from the last episode before that, you know, Holden brought up a great point that you know, look, we're the only surviving crew of two ships now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so they really look like terrorists and, you know, can they trust Fred Johnson? Do they, you know, do they really want to trust him? Um, it's a big question at this point in, in the series because, you know, we just got done with uh, what the episode before us was, was Beth and the butcher. Right. So we, we learned yeah. the whole backstory of Fred Johnson and we know he's not a really nice guy. <laughs> and they said, this is, you know, it was all those years ago and people change. Um but we don't know that yet. So, you know, episode six did a good job of getting us to you know, understand the the dynamics of what's gonna happen going forward. And mm-hmm. you know, we find out Fred Johnson wants to borrow the Rossi for his own mission and you know, basically Holden says no, I'll take it and do it for you <laughs> kind of thing, which is sets up the whole working relationship between um Fred Johnson, the OPA, and Rosinante. Mm-hmm. Eric, any thoughts on that?
2: Um. No. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm I,
0: sorry. I really I mean, there's <laughs> really there's really not a lot that went on, which was which was a shame because I'm really starting to like uh this crew and, and their dynamic. Yeah. And it was I mean, I don't want to say that they were just shoved off to the side for you know an irrelevant episode, but you know, it really wasn't about them. Right. Mm.
2: Right. That was the thing. This is kind of an opportunity to let the, the B plot and the C plot, uh, move a little bit. I think for the A plot for Holden's crew, it was kind of more positioning the chess pieces for now.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Good way to put it. Mm -hmm. You know, you brought up a point there, Chris, about you really liking the crew and the way they're working together. Uh, Eric, this is more of a question for you because you and I both read the novels and I know Chris hasn't yet. Does the dynamic in the crew seem different to you than what I got out of the novels?
2: Um, I, I feel yeah, like
1: closer. I, I think they, they sped up,
2: they accelerated some of the character development, um, in the relationship between some of the crew for the sake of, of the television series. Um, but I don't, I don't think it's,
1: well, no, no, I don't no think what, what I was getting at was, I feel like they're, they're more at odds with each other than they were in the, in the novel. Yeah, the novel. It almost seemed to me like they they gelled faster as a crew, and they were they were one cohesive crew by the time we got to. Yeah, I guess uh, accelerated
2: wasn't the word I should have used. I I think they they exaggerated some of the conflict a little bit.
1: Okay, yeah. Um, sense, for for the
2: sake of making the television show a little bit more dramatic, accelerated wasn't the I used the wrong word. Yeah, yeah, but,
1: <laughs> yeah. Did I miss something? yeah. Okay.
2: They like you when you're writing a novel or when you're reading a novel, things can be hinted at a little bit more. Mm. Uh, when you're, when you don't have the inside of the characters' heads, uh, like you do on television, um, where you're just observing their actions and, and you're not getting any sort of inner monologue or anything like that, um, then it, it's a little it's a little different. So you have to demonstrate some conflict. You have to demonstrate some tension, things like that. And I think actually the tension amongst the crew helped with some of the slower parts of the story here. So I think that might have been another issue, too.
1: Could have been, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I can't remember if it's in this one or in this, on episode seven, but um, Holden finally tells Amos that he was the one that logged the uh, transmission from the Scopuli. Yeah, it was this episode. It was okay. Yep. And you know, Amos kind of, you know, isn't too fond of that, even though he, even though Naomi also knew, but you know, it. it That tension, I I will agree, is one of those things that I think is done really well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it makes you curious about character development going forward. Um, Speaking of the uh, Scopuli, uh, Fred Johnson helps um, the crew get their ship disguised as a Mars gas freighter. um, Because, you know, they're... um, Piloting a Mars ship. So, you know, they just can't go around, you know, right, <laughs> looking, at looking, with it looking like it, uh, as it is right now. Um, so he sends them off to get help from someone named Lionel Pol- Polanski, who is the last survivor from the Scopuli. Now, before we get into um, the revelation that we find out later, did any of you guys, and I'll just go ahead and say it because I'm assuming everyone by now is, um, you know, seeing the episodes or read the books, but Lionel Polanski is actually Julie Mao. Did, did you guys ever expect that, um, you know, there was another survivor from the scopulae aside from Julie or, you know, or not.
2: I was kind of surprised Julie survived. So no, I, I never assumed that there was another survivor.
1: Okay. Hmm. And having read the books, you know, we, I, I do have more insight into what's going on here than what we see in just the episode. So for sometimes it's hard for me to keep in my mind what what I do and don't know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if that makes sense to you when I'm watching the show. Yeah. And I try to come at it from the aspect of what have I seen in a show only and not what I know about on on the book side of things. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I've, I've,
0: I've obviously not read the books, but mm. I was sitting there thinking that's going to end up being Julie Mao just because – i mean it was never really hinted at because you know we don't find that out really i don't think until episode eight right and um because i think miller is the one that eventually finds out but when when they said this i was like that's got to be julie because you know that's what this I, I just i knew that's what the book was based about based around i knew or at least you know the first part of it and I knew that this is what the season was based around, so, you know, to introduce a potential second character would kind of make her not, not irrelevant, but not as important as, you know, beforehand. Mm-hmm. So that kind of really didn't work for me. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, speaking of Miller, uh, in the, at the end of episode five, he is captured before we uh, see the credits, and now we see that the person that captured him, or the people that uh, captured him, was Anderson Dolls, who we saw previously, I think, in maybe episode three or four uh, is where he was introduced. I really like this character, not from a moral perspective, but just uh, the way he acts. And I, don't, I can't remember the actor's name off the top of my head, but I really like him as well.
2: Yeah, uh, he's, there's, there's he, something about him on the TV show that I think makes him more compelling than in the book. I mean, not that he's not compelling in the book, but he stands out more to me in the TV show than he ever did in the book.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Because when I'm watching the show, I'm trying like, who's this guy again? (laughs) Like, I don't remember him from the book. But yeah, he he definitely does play a better character here than he does on the written page.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: And and while he's interrogating Miller, we do find out
0: a little bit of backstory about Anderson. Uh, I don't know if it's really relevant, but it's if it's relevant at all. But it uh, talks about how he had to kill a sister in order to save his family or something Mm -hmm. like that. Um, or let his sister die. One of those
1: two. Um, you know, I, I always thought that was more of a development part for um, Miller's character than than Dawes. Mm-hmm. Um, it really showed how Miller was really trying to get under his skin, and you know, his own kind of counter um, interrogation techniques, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. And it was really working for a while there until they threw him in the airlock. Yeah. Um, that
0: is. That is what you know, occurs next is Miller gets in the airlock and, um, but he gets rescued by his friend, one of his friends on the police force. Um, Octavia. I can't remember her name, but Octavia. Yes, that is her name. Octavia. Um, so that was, that was good. I, I don't know. Um, did you guys watch the episodes recently? Yes. Yeah, I was just watched them this past weekend. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I rewatched okay. them earlier today.
0: Okay. Uh, I, I liked the shot specifically when uh, Miller is down in the airlock and the two people are about to like just, I guess, watch him like run out of breath or whatever, uh, or run out of air. And then you see them get shot and blood splatters on the screen. I, I just yeah. I, I really like that shot just because it's it I think it's done really well. And yeah, I, I'm a sucker for cool looking things like that. So um, but yeah, he does get rescued. Uh, and later on looks at ju- one of Julie's data cubes and finds that there is information about a bioweapon that is being developed on Phoebe Station, which we mm. keep hearing about.
1: Um, yeah, but before that, we go yeah, I know we, we started hearing about Phoebe Station in the last episode, but mm-hmm. before we get to that, I gotta ask you guys a question. Um, the sequence of events after um Miller's rescue by Octavia it's kind of like a heart to heart with her where he's kind of consoling her about, she just killed some people and she hadn't done that before. Did did that go anywhere for you guys? I I just don't understand why they had that in the, in the episode. It didn't seem to move his story along. It didn't seem to do anything for her. She's not going to be in the story much longer. It doesn't appear to be.
2: Yeah. I can see where it would have done something for her story. Uh, But with him leaving, it, right. it really doesn't. So the only thing I I guess I kind of took away from it is that being that close to death doesn't really phase him.
1: No, maybe. Um,
2: I, and nice. it it kind of like he's become so familiar with that darker side of his life that not only did it not phase him, but he was the one who had to console someone else. Right, uh, and it's yeah. because he he's so experienced in it that he is the right guy to do that i mean that's yeah, all, I mean, all i really got from sense. it yeah. and i guess that's you know that that's uh eh, that can be a compelling piece of character development i guess mm-hmm. um i, I did but like i didn't add anything quote- to the story
1: no okay i making sure i didn't miss anything um i did like the one quote he had when he was talking to her he had a quote that and i wrote this down um every time you remember something your mind changes it a little So your best and worst memories are your biggest illusions. Yeah, and I Mm. I I thought that's something about his character and how he deals with things. Maybe Mm -hmm. Um, I guess it's true. I mean, we you do remember things differently every time you remember them. But um, Mm -hmm. I just thought it was a cool quote. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, Yeah, with with this part of the part of the episode, I wasn't. I'll be honest. I kind of fell asleep. During that scene. Oh, my God. I know. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Like, I, I I was laying on my bed watching this on my TV, and I, I was kind of tired this afternoon. So I was sitting there, and I, I kind of dozed off and, and missed a little bit
1: of it. So of, of him talking to Octavia, or after that, when he was, was going over the date he found? Yeah, which, which scene are you talking about? When he was
0: uh, talking to Octavia.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Yeah. I saw the part about the the, the data cube and the um, conspiracy and stuff, but every okay. the, that other part was a little. I dozed off a little bit. It's a little boring.
1: Okay, um, yeah, th- I guess that was. But you know, I, it really ramped up the story though, because now he's he's found the data files. He's gotten into these videos. Mm-hmm. This is where it's really moving the story along of what of what the you know behind the scenes stuff. What, what's causing all these things to happen that we've been watching so far? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, he was asked about the recordings, and he said the recordings from Phoebe. Um, He said he got the files from Julie, which he got them from her apartment or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Julie got them from the data broker who's dead. She gave the files to Dawes. Dawes sends out the ship to go find whatever it was they were looking for. So then he goes, the ship is lost. The data broker ends up dead. And the ships start blowing up. I said, That's a good way to put what happened. That's a good summary of what happened so far in the series.
0: Yeah, it really is. <laughs> um, and unfortunately, that... The, the snooping and the theory is kind of what ends up to him getting fired from his job.
1: Yeah, that that but, was something I didn't see coming, really, you know, it, it, just from the way it was laid out. I mean, I've, I've seen, I've read the books, but, you know, she, she gets the information and right away. It's like, oh, she didn't lock it up. Good. She didn't put it in a safe place. And then she's mm-hmm. like, it revoked his access. You're gone. I'm like, Whoa, yeah, that was pretty quick.
0: <laughs> mm hmm. But he does eventually, uh, Leave series uh, to go into uh, Eros Station, which is what we see in the next episode. And I liked this part about his character. I'm, I'm really starting to like Miller, um, more as the series goes on. I was, I was a fan really from the start, but the more I see him, the more I kind of start to, not really relate to the character, but understand him and see his point of view and where he's coming from. And the fact that he was so committed to this to this case, even after he you know, gets fired, I mean, he could just, you know, do really do nothing if he wanted to. But he, you know, he still pursues it because it's it's something he cares about. So I think that really shows good development of his character. Um, which that really leads le- leads us into Episode seven. uh we'll we'll take a break from Miller for a second just to kind of go back to uh let's 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 go back to Christian for a minute. Um I really liked it was nice to finally see her you know able to do something relevant to the story. Uh, I know you guys previously have said that she doesn't really play much of a part in the book at this point. It's more, you know, later on, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's not in the book at this point. Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't show
2: up until the second one.
0: Yeah. So, you know, I was really interested to see, um, you know, what she was going to do. She ends up visiting Holden's mother on earth, um, Elise, and learns a little bit about his childhood. Uh, which, you know, when you find out more about that, then you kind of realize, you know, why he is, you know, the way he is right now. Um, I, I would like to ask you guys, though, you know, does this change your opinion knowing how Holden is in his childhood? Does that really um, and, you know, I'm assuming we don't get this information in the first book since she doesn't show up until the second one. Is that right?
2: Uh, get which information
0: about his childhood? Does Christian um, not visit Holden's mother until the second book?
2: I don't even remember if she ever does visit. Yeah, I was say I don't think books. she does at all. I no. think that was oh. specifically I mean, we get just some for... his
1: background in the story.
2: Yeah, but it's more him oh, like okay. reflecting back and and like thinking back on uh, not even his childhood so much as as just like him, like his family status.
1: Yeah, we oh, okay. get the bits and pieces that it was a group family, and you know he wasn't you know. Raised in a traditional mom and dad environment, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the kind of thing that's hard to do in a TV show. <laughs> you know, you're not going to sit there and think longingly about your family. Uh, yeah. So that how do you introduce this concept? And they found a good way to do it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I, I'm assuming that this is a series-only scene then. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. That's but, cool. it, but it did give us good insight. It, it, I shouldn't say It gave us a reason to believe... Avasarl is on his side, or at least believes Mm -hmm. his side of the story. Yeah. Um, Because right after that, we learn, you know, I think it was right after that, where she's then talking to her boss, and he's basically saying, no, he's running around in a stolen, you know, Martian, you know, torpedo frigate. Yeah. And he's got changed, you know, transponder codes courtesy of Fred Holden, uh, Fred Holden, Fred Johnson. (laughs) And, um, you know, he's a terrorist, so I'm going to send the Black Ops team to take him out. Mm -hmm. So, you know, she just just learns that she thinks she can trust Holden, and he's a good guy, and all of a sudden now it's like, no, we're going to kill him anyway. Mm -hmm. But it did give us a good reason for her to feel the way she feels about him. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: It'll be interesting to go back and read Leviathan Wakes for the first time after seeing, or after watching the series, uh, or season one at least, because... You know knowing some of the stuff beforehand might make it easier to read uh the book and I mean I'll already know the characters and I'll know the basic plot, but you know, it might make it easier to understand some of their actions that they do before um before the book reveals some of this information. Mm-hmm. So that'll be fun. Um while on the subject of Holden uh might as well talk about what happens on the is it the Rosinante? Mm-hmm. Okay, because I I I they don't say this the uh ship name enough in the series to make me like always remember how to pronounce the name. Uh so I always gotta I always gotta remind myself. Um we find out that there is a stowaway on board, uh Kenzo who we also see at the end of episode six spying on uh, Naomi and um, Holden, and he is a spy for I don't know who exactly. He's actually uh, borrowed, really, um, by Christian in episode six. But that that's that's a, that is a detail that I really didn't get until I went back. And read um, a recap of it, of this episode. So um, we get a little bit of development there. But, you know, again, episode seven is a lot like six in that it sets up a lot of the things that happened in
1: eight. Um, yeah, it did give us a, you know, it did get expand the character development of the crew, though, a little bit. Mm-hmm. We did have some pretty high tensions going on there.
0: Yeah. Um, between Holden and Amos, especially.
1: Right, right. I mean, here you've got the Rosanante on that mission for Fred Johnson. So they are, um, you know, taking off. They're going to be heading, what, across Martian territory, and yeah. they got to try to avoid Martian um, patrols. And right about the same time they talk about this, they realize they're broadcasting a signal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, wait, wait, what's that? And, you know, Amos goes down and finds this guy that's, that's stoned away. Um you know, trying to send a signal themselves—that's so where you know they got kind of caught. And now the whole thing is—it's a race against time. Who's going to open up this security locker first to get the codes out to make them believe they're somebody who they're not, mm-hmm. or is the boarding skiff going to show up and boarding crews come aboard? And even though you might look like a gas freighter on the outside, you look pretty much like a Russian military ship on the inside. So yeah, they really can't let these guys step on on board. And you know, tensions got so high that you know, what Holden had a gun, Damus's head. Mhm. And he was like, "Yeah, go ahead, do it." I'm like, yeah. "Okay, that's interesting."
0: And I don't know about you, but I like Amos as a character. So this kind of made me feel a little less a little less sympathetic for him just because I know where he's coming from like you know, he he doesn't have that attachment like Holden might to, you know, the calls, I guess, and,
1: and, you know, being innocent and wanting to save people's lives, but true. But I mean, you know, bottom line, if, if this, you know, boarding skiff did come across and, you know, Martian, you know, Marines came aboard to search the ship, what choice would they have had yeah. but to kill him? I mean, you know, Amos is right. I mean, Holden, you know, for all his, uh, you know, not wanting to do anything wrong, um you're gonna spend the rest of your life in a prison when you mm-hmm. when you get bored by these guys. Yeah. And it just so lucked out that they didn't have to. Because, mm-hmm. you know, well, donkey balls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this was
0: really, really good uh acting, I think, on um Alex's part. I, I love some of the you know, he's just trying to to, to stall as brilliantly as possible and and doing and such while, a bad job of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, I, I just, I, I liked that we got to see, um, you know, it was, a, it was a very high stakes situation, but there was a little bit of humor and comedy in it. So uh, I, I thought that was really nice to see.
1: You um, know what I didn't catch the first time I saw it that I caught this past time? Hmm. Was the the, the the devil's head pin on Amos's jumpsuit. Do you guys see that?
2: No, I didn't see that.
1: Mm-mm. There's like this silver metal pin that's on there. It looks like a devil's head. I'm like, where did that come from? Is that is, is that kind of saying what his inner soul is like or something? I, I don't I don't know where that came from, mm. but he's he's wearing a a pin on his not lapel but like right near the zipper in the middle. Um, it looks to me like a devil's head. Hmm. Interesting.
0: Yeah, thankfully they uh, they managed to drive the uh, the patrol skiff away and. Successfully uh, get out of trouble once again, which I, I think this kind of follows follows the crew around. If you ask me, trouble does.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. Um, so
0: I guess we can go back to Miller, who has now arrived at Eros Station. Uh, he discovers. Well, yeah, has he? No, he's only left. Or has yeah, he just already? he just
1: left. Yeah, he just he's left, just left. Um, okay. Ceres. He's on his way to Eros. And he doesn't get there till the beginning of the next episode. Yeah, so he really well, didn't also, have a lot to do, right? Nope, not really. He didn't do much at all in this episode. Um, the last thing that we found out in this episode was that the UN is sending a Black Ops team to Eros to uh, get there before Holden does to kind of get him. Okay. I think the one thing that did happen... Uh, to
0: Miller in this in this episode before he gets there was I think it was actually before he leaves um, was that he had a friend that is on Aero Station that called him and said that uh, there is a shuttle that came from the uh, Anubis called the Anubis One A that is that docked there and it's you know racking up docking fees so obviously the person is still there and I'm assuming not paying it. Uh but did they mention the Anubis before this like casually um, or
2: I don't recall them mentioning it before now.
1: Yeah, I don't either, but I want to say they did because why would he why would that other guy have called him and said, "Hey, the yeah. Anubis shuttle is here." I I remember something about that. Oh, about
2: yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That. Okay. Yeah, it it was mentioned earlier as, as the shuttle that she was
0: Mhm. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Cuz I I, a lot I about didn't that.
0: I really didn't catch what you know, why he's going to Aeros Station until we find out um or until the next episode when Holden and his crew go to the actual Anubis um, ship. See, right?
2: I've read the first book so many times at this point that I I get different story moments and and different details confused between the TV series, which I've only seen once or twice and the book. So yeah, I'm
1: right there with you. That's why I tried to rewatch the episodes recently because I'm, I'm still trying to get my mind around what events took place in which book (laughs) and, mm -hmm. uh, and what will be seen in the TV show.
0: Right. And, you know, I think this is honestly a bit of a, not necessarily a complaint, but just, a a small criticism of the show. I think they could they they could have done a little bit better of a job at maybe not em- emphasizing points that in early episodes that will be important later, but maybe uh, you not think revisiting the, them. But
2: there's too much foreshadowing.
0: No, I don't think that. But well.
1: I don't know. That's a good question. See, I think they're doing a pretty good job of keeping people in the dark about who's actually doing what. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I
0: just don't know if that's a good thing or not.
1: But it's easier for you and me, Lou, because we know where things are going. Right. Yeah, we we do know the end game. But like like you know, you start episode eight. I'm kind of looking at the notes I took when I watched it. You've got you know the were arriving at that belt asteroid where they were sent to go look for Lionel Polanski, mm-hmm. and they find the Anubis. You've got a UN battleship burning for Tycho, um, saying they have reactor trouble, that we're just, well, we need to dock somewhere. (laughs) So, you know, that's kind of happening. And that's tension between Earth and the belt. Um, And you got Miller arriving on Eros, trying to get information from a different context, coming at the same thing. So everything's coming to a head towards that same point. You know, the the, the whole thing of. I, have they actually said... Yeah, I guess they had the bioweapon, I guess. They actually talked about it in general. So, you know, they're all coming at that same bioweapon from different sides. And they're all going to meet. And then now it's like, okay, now we have it. What do we do with it? Yeah.
0: And, and you know, it's not... It's not a bad thing to kind of be talking about this. Especially since everybody's going to end up at the same location. Generally with the, the same... Idea of information, even though you know some details are are unknown to other parties, uh, you know they at least have a, the same concept of what is going on. Mm. But so, something about it, like I don't want to say it's confusing because it it makes sense. It's just you have
1: to pay very close attention. You, I think you definitely do. Yeah, um, I mean, even small things. We, you know, we learn little bits and pieces as we go along. Like when when they get to the Anubis and they find the ship's powered down and then, you know, throughout that whole sequence we learn that, okay, look, the ship's vented the atmosphere. Um, all the, the hatches are open, so when he purposely did this. The 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 drive was shut down manually mm-hmm. and improperly so it didn't just explode. So, you know, this was a you know, this this happened for a reason and we we don't know what the reason is yet, but we know it was not an accident, you know. Yeah um and then we learn as they start powering things up you start seeing the you know the blue goo coming alive and say like, okay and then they realize that power is feeding this thing so they shut the back down again so you learn a bit a bit about the bioweapon at that point um mm-hmm. but not a lot you know we still don't have all the pieces yet
0: yeah now i'll ask I'll ask you guys uh did you kind of cuz previously the the only other time we've seen You know, somebody enter a ship that was abandoned was the was in the first episode. Did this kind of give you? You know, this happens again. So did this kind of give you a a a feeling of okay, maybe they're treading on similar water, and of course, something bad is going to happen, just like it happened before. Something bad happened before.
1: Um, it's hard to answer that question because, like Eric said, we we know some of the end game already because we've read the book. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I, I mean, it it felt like you know we were reliving the moments of that opening sequence in the, in the, in the show mm-hmm. with Julie trying to get out of the locker and then she burns her way into the engineering compartment. And they even mentioned that, that somebody you know burned through this hatch. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, why would somebody break in if they shut this thing down manually? So, you know, we are learning that this is what we, you know, these are the, this is the place where the events took place from the first episode. Okay. So in case you didn't have that in the back of your mind already, now you're understanding, that okay, this is the ship where she was, in the mm. very beginning,
0: and I'm I'm glad they they tried to emphasize that point because I always thought that the ship that they went to in the first episode was the one that she was on. So, hmm. and I don't know if that's just a mistake by me or if it's, you know, what they what the writers wanted you to think. Meaning,
1: but, which ship? Meaning the Scapuli or the Anubis? Well, the Scapuli, because
0: I I thought that's where she was before. Like when we see her at the very beginning of the show.
1: Right. And then That when, was on the Anubis as far as I I
0: believe. Yes. I, I I think you're right. Right. But when Holden goes to the ship and leaves leaves the can't to go to the ship um at the end of episode one, I always thought that the ship that they were going to was the
1: one that Julie was on at the beginning of the episode. Mm. Yeah, I, uh, I think you're you're meant to kind of think that, I think. Okay. Um just kind of misdirection on their part, trying to lead you down a different path. You know, because mm-hmm. all we heard about until now was the Scopuli, Scopuli, Scopuli. Yeah. And now we're starting to hear about the Anubis. And then in this episode, we learned that, you know, okay, the Anubis takes out the Scopuli. Um, they use the Scopuli as bait for the cant. Uh, the Anubis kills the cant. Um, and then Lionel Plinsky shuts down everything on the Anubis and takes a shuttle out for arrows. Mm-hmm. And the shuttle is...
0: Goes to Iris, uh, where Miller discovers, like I said earlier, that Lionel's actually Julie.
1: Right. So. Right. Um, so I think I think the one of the key takeaway from this episode is that uh, Holden and crew took that safe off the uh, Anubis. Yeah.
0: And you know that was a, I, I was a, assuming they were going to do that, mm. but it was a quick shot of them with the safe. So, yeah. you know, I put it in the back of my mind, but I'm not sure if other viewers would have done the same thing. Yeah. And,
1: uh, you know, since you guys said that, I assume it's going to be important later on. So, yeah, well, uh, they take the safe and then they destroy the Anubis. So, you know, all signs of whatever that was is mm-hmm. now destroyed. Yeah.
0: So, Chris, well, I- Oh, go ahead. I was going to say all signs uh, of that thing in that one location. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Eric, what were you saying?
2: I'm I'm just curious where you think things are going to go for the last two episodes. You haven't watched them yet, right? I have not. Okay, so I'm curious what you expect over the next two.
0: Okay. Um, I,
2: I will give you a little bit of a clue, as you can probably expect. It does end on a little bit of a cliffhanger, which you won't have to worry about too much because we've only got about 10 days before the the second season comes along. <laughs> right.
0: But. yeah. Uh, my, my prediction is, and I'm probably gonna be really wrong, but, uh, so Miller and Holden meet up at that. I'm assuming that's like a hotel or a club or something hostile, maybe. Uh, it, they get the hotel mm-hmm. and then they, they go up to uh, the room where Lionel, AKA Julie is supposed to be. Right. Um, and they discover her dead, what, with what looks like some kind of weird chemical or organism or something. Looks like uh, One spores. Herb? Yeah, I was thinking spiders myself, but spores is a good way to... They're, good y- you way should to think add. of them as spores. Spores, okay. Um, and yeah, that's where the episode ends. Uh, I think... I really don't know if I have a prediction because I haven't really thought about it. Um I'm starting to think that there was some kind of what when they say weapon I I want to say it was a a living weapon and not necessarily like a you know, like a I don't know, a gun or so, something like that or something chemical. I think it's more something something that's living or something biological. Yes. I mean, they say bioweapons, so it should be a hint, but right. uh, I think that's what you know. they say. Plus, Holden says don't touch anything. Mm. And then right before they discover the body. so. Um, but I I didn't expect that they would resolve the Julie Mao thing so quickly. And I don't know where it occurs in the book, but I, I remember that the, the book really emphasizes that, that it's the end game is finding her, so I would assume that the end game of the novel would be to find her. But obviously, that's that can't be the case because season one takes what place? Half of like half the first novel, roughly.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Okay, so well, it looks I mean, like season two is incorporating more of book two into it than just finishing yeah. book one.
0: Um, see, I really don't think I have a prediction, but. Big party? I, I, is happy? No, definitely no? Not. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> um, I, I think that I think that Miller and Holden will continue to work together. Although I think that they will have differences. Um, I think that they will eventually find out about the, the purpose behind the so-called bioweapon and maybe who's behind it. And I have a feeling that the term Leviathan wakes has to deal with the danger of the bioweapon becoming more prevalent hmm okay
2: well it sounds like you need to hurry up and watch these last two episodes
0: yeah honestly i'm probably gonna maybe watch them either tonight or tomorrow i haven't decided yet (laughs) even though we're not going to be recording for uh, for a few more days, I, I it ended in such a way that I really want to watch it. And I need to make sure I, I divide my time up to where I can watch both 9 and 10 because that's how they're meant to be seen. So.
1: Mm. Right.
2: After you, you know, watch them, you'll I be really th- anxious to record, I think.
1: <laughs> True. Yeah, you know, I really think they've done a good job with this series. I mean, only being 10 episodes, I think they did a good job. Building tension and momentum to the point where they get to the end, mm-hmm. um, maybe they were a little slow in the beginning. Maybe it felt a little bit too slow for me. I kind of, you know, I wasn't anxious to keep watching them right away, but um they've done a good job building the pace up to the point where now we're you know coming into the end of the series, and there's a lot going on. We're starting to get answers. We're starting to see where things are going. The pieces are falling into place. Um, it's just starting to make more sense. So I think it's a good. Good culmination for the end game here. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I have a question for both of you: Is there something either about the show itself, like the way it's done, or maybe the way it relates to the books, that you think it either fails or falls short at? Or, or maybe a not like again, not really a complaint, but just something that bothers you about it, as, as two people who have read the book.
2: As far as a way in which the TV series is falling short?
0: Yes. Um,
2: no, I, I think that it's, uh, I, I think it's doing a good job of, of pacing out the story in such a way, especially for only 10 episodes. Like I'm glad in hindsight that they split the book up into two seasons. It would have been a great single season if they had 20 to 22 episodes. With only 10 episodes, I think it would have been way too rushed. And this this overall story is really about the different things going on and the complexities of what's going on that, that builds up to something. If you just jump right into all of the, the stuff at the end, then it's kind of like, wait a minute, how did we get here? Right.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So, you know, there you go.
0: Mm-hmm. Lou, what about you?
1: Um, I think my only criticism of the, of the show would be that the book did such a great job of making me feel like I understood what it felt like to fly in space in this universe that the the TV show doesn't even come close to that. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you really, you really felt like you were. You know, on the ship with them, knowing what the experience is going to be like from reading how they wrote these, these sequences of, you know, being in the crash couch and and getting, you know, juice pumped into you to to keep you from stroking out when you were going under high G burns for, you know, hours at a time. And, and the, the realities of, of traveling in space the way they travel, um, mm-hmm. you know, we're not talking about any kind of... You know stargate technology or warp speed or hyperspace it's it, it it's real life type stuff not that we can really do this right now but it is probably as close to actual space travel that may be possible in the next hundred years than i've read mm-hmm. um, you know that in the fact they don't really mention crash couch which is the name of our show <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah those are the only two complaints i have really. still bitter about that
2: no, but otherwise, I mean the book is different and the TV show's different and they each have uh they each have strengths and they have a couple of flaws too, like anything does. But um mm-hmm. I think the book, uh not just the book, but the book series is really strong, but then I think in a different way, the television series is really strong. Mm-hmm. So I think they do a good job of isolating what aspects of the books will work well in TV and what to leave behind. And yeah. then in addition, what what holds the the story that works so well in the book would leave on television. And so what they need to fill in for the sake of TV.
0: Mm-hmm. My only complaint I have really is, well, first of all, I, I think that the show does a really great job at even though it might not really explain some of the the, the sciencey things really well, like the, um, you know, like the zero G and all of that stuff. I, I don't think it does that particularly well. Um, but then again, it's you know, that's something that's kind of hard to explain when you're doing a TV show that's you know forty minutes long and restricted to ten episodes. Uh, but I think that the atmosphere and uh, of space and the stations and the ships, I think that's done really well. So in terms of setting, I I said set, mm-hmm. setting is probably one of the best strengths of this show that I think um I can point to so far because I don't think I would necessarily get that in the book I you know that might change once I read them mm-hmm. but I think that when I eventually because my plan is to watch season 2 and after season 2 finishes I'm going to start the books and I think that I will have a, not only a better idea of the characters when I start that, and it'll be easier to you know follow along with that, but I think i'll I'll have a better idea of some of the maybe some of the more complex things that are described in the book um, that you don't necessarily see in the series itself so all
1: right you know I did have one question for you guys okay. uh, of these three episodes, one sequence that I really didn't kind of get a lot out of. Um, I think it was back in the episode six. There was the the rock hoppers that were out collecting asteroids. Yeah. Um there's Uncle Uncle Mateo and mm-hmm. Diago, I guess. And he was the guy that I think Miller had a run in with on the station. Yeah, you're right. So but you know, what was the whole deal was that just to show tensions were rising between the belt and Mars? I think so. Okay because basically you know, they're out mining asteroids they're going to, they, they net an asteroid, they're going to blow it up and bring it back for, you know raw materials, and they get what boarded by, by a Mars patrol boat, mm-hmm. and Mars give them a hard time because you know, hey, they're belters, and they don't like Mars because they think Mars blew up the cant, and you know, the whole thing's going on, and then, I don't understand why Uncle Mateo spaced his son, or his, his nephew there whatever his name was I mean, he basically put him in an environment suit and threw him out. Uh, And I think he threw threw rocks at the Mars ship and destroyed the Mars ship. But, I I mean, he wasn't, like, saving his nephew because he left him out to die in space. He made the comment that
0: somebody would eventually be there to pick him up. But that's very, very strong and... You yeah. know, lucky assumption there to be making. Yeah, that whole I mean, I think was plot cool thread
2: was... That
1: he, what's that?
2: Uh, that that whole plot th- thread to me was uh, extraneous.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. that's kind of why I felt. I mean, it did show that the tensions rising between Mars and the belt, and I thought it was cool that they kind of played off the same theme that um, you know, Avastro said in, I think, the episode before about throwing rocks. Yeah. And they mm-hmm. used you know rocks to kill the ship, but um. Yeah, you're right. I just like, why is this here? Yeah. So okay, I'm sure I didn't miss anything. I appreciate you guys. Mm-hmm. Cool yeah, video.
0: I I had a problem with that one too. Uh, just because it was, you know, they didn't really explain who these people were, and I I actually didn't know that uh, that one guy was the one that Miller uh, had uh,
1: interrogated. A couple episodes before. Yeah, I only caught that well, because it was on the this. Cap. Yeah, okay, I, I caught it on Sci-Fi Sync app. Yeah, mm-hmm. so yeah, Eric, is there anything else that you may have,
0: you know, thought about each one any one of these episodes that you'd like to bring up? Um,
2: I I, I think that watching all three of them binge watching is a really mm-hmm. good idea. I like what you said at the beginning about it's kind of a first, second, and third act. Yeah. Um. I think that I, I think that from this point on, it, it's all. I don't want. I don't want to say it's all uphill from here because that's the wrong way of making the right analogy. Um, it's. Uh, I think things really ramp up. Like I think we're done with the slow parts of the story. Um, as far as the book goes, this is the ramp up toward the big conflict that's going on in the book. Mm-hmm. So um, we've got the, the first I predict the first half of season two is going to be really, you know, edge of your seat stuff. And then the last half of, of season two is going to be on a much more epic scale. And uh, I'm really looking forward to it. And And this at the end of episode eight, what we just saw, this is really where things start to ramp up and get good. Mm-hmm. So like th- this is the last of the episodes where like, I don't have a whole lot to say because hmm. from here on out, it's just, it, it's on.
0: Yeah. I, I will say that uh, before, before we close out that I'm glad that I'm binge watching this show or at least this season because I think that I would have liked it less if I was watching it week by week by week. Just because I don't think some of these episodes stand on their own very well, and it might make myself, but especially other people who maybe aren't heavily as heavily invested in this uh, or don't have preconceived ideas beforehand a little bit less interested. And I'm hoping that something that season two is... Better with.
2: I think season two is going to be just full tilt.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The trailer for season two makes it look that way. Mm. Yeah I, I I really can't wait to
0: um watch these last two episodes and then not this upcoming week is not when the season premieres but next week uh or the week of the week after February first. I think it nine or ten o'clock. One of those. Probably nine. Yeah, yeah. Showing two oh no, I'm sorry, two. ten
2: yeah, it's uh ten PM Eastern, nine PM Central.
0: Okay. Oh it is two episodes, isn't it? Man, that's late. Yeah. Hmm. Well wow. hopefully I'll be able to watch live and do my live tweeting that I only got to do for a couple episodes uh <laughs> in season one, so uh, one last thing I do want to say: I'm really upset that Miller ditched his hat. <laughs> Aww. Yeah, I, I really like the look of his character. I think Thomas Jane does a wonderful job and really nails uh, some not—I don't want to say emotional, but physical aspects of the character that you know make him a little bit more interesting than maybe what is in the book. Uh, I actually read and you guys can maybe confirm this for me but I think I read on Twitter that the weird haircut is actually something that Thomas Jane did like that's his thing his oh, yeah. idea interesting yeah so yeah that's <laughs> I, I I think that he's one of the more not interesting characters but uh, maybe the more active and personable characters in the entire show. I don't mm. know. Maybe that's just me. I, I'm just a sucker for detectives. So,
2: <laughs> um, I'm I'm really interested in uh, what you're going to think of season two.
0: Oh, man. See see now, now you're giving like give, giving me hints of like it's something not a bad's going to happen.
2: <laughs> or or it could be that his character changes radically or it could be that he takes over the universe. There's a lot of things that could I'm just saying that I'm interested true. in in your response to season 2.
1: Nothing bad could happen, come on. And this, <laughs> this show, is a happy no. story.
0: Oh, of course it is. This is probably be a game of thrones situation where People, you know, you get attached to the characters, and then they'd all die.
2: I, I, can tell you confidently, this is not a Game of Thrones situation. Okay, good. That's all and I'm going to say, though, Game because Thrones, because so. now we're starting to. Yeah, we we really need to to watch episodes nine and ten and come back and talk some more.
1: Okay. Yes. Sounds
2: good. It, this was really difficult to talk about six, seven, and eight because we can almost talk, but not really.
1: Right. Mm-hmm.
0: So speaking of episodes 9 and 10, uh, that is what we will cover next time on the Crash Couch. Um, Yeah, right before uh, Season 2, which I'm really excited that, you know, we'll be able to talk about things that you you guys might know from this book series of what's going to happen, but, you know, it's not just, you know, me catching up and then you guys, oh, we'll just wait until this happens, you know. (laughs)
1: Well, see, we planned it so we could roll right from you know, nine and ten right into season two. We mm-hmm. planned that, right? So, yeah, just because we procrastinated. Well, what, what? No, nope. <laughs> <laughs> it was not our fault. This was not our fault. Always remember that.
0: So yeah, that that will be uh, what we will talk about next time: um, critical mass and Leviathan wakes. Which I'm I'm glad that they incorporated Leviathan wakes into a uh, an episode title. Hopefully it's it's relevant. Um, maybe my prediction will be true or come true. Uh, I, I I like that title. That's that's one thing that attracted me to this book originally was the title of Leviathan Wakes. Like I think that's just a really cool title. So, um, yeah. yeah. So what did you guys think of um, these three episodes or just the series? Um, you can let us know uh, at our email, crashcouch at Um You can also send us any kind of feedback that you like, suggestions for the show, things you hate, um, complaints that I keep messing up names and saying <laughs> things that, you
1: know, aren't true, so.
0: Or you can criticize Eric for not being here last episode. That'd
1: yeah. be good, too. Yeah. <laughs> Of course, you can always find us online. You can go to facebook.com slash random chatter network for uh, the network um, Facebook page. You can get to us there. You can also find us on Twitter. Um, at Crash Couch is uh, the main show, uh, at random chatter is the network. You can find me on Twitter at Lou That's L O U S E C K I. Chris, where can I find you on Twitter?
0: I am at the curse of Chris. And no spoilers.
1: <laughs> <laughs> So at the Chris Chris and no spoilers that's a really long twitter handle. <laughs> <middle>. It is. <laughs> but, Hard to okay. type. And uh, Eric where can they find you?
2: Uh you can find me at Eric Blythe that's E R I K B L Y T H E. I don't have the show notes up so am I supposed Uh-oh. to Oh, is this my turn okay cool. so and you can find all of our shows over at randomchatter.com. we've got lots of great stuff there uh including the main flagship show random chatter and uh, a lot of other podcasts based on tv series as well most of them done by uh, jay and josh um we've got one for star wars rebels uh but this is the only one we have for the expanse so you should listen to it but head over to randomchatter.com where you can find all of our podcasts
1: and, of course, spread the word to your friends. Uh, leave us reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. Helps people find us. Um, you know, Just tell your friends about us, too. Uh, if you're into this kind of stuff and you get friends with like interests, uh, they probably would like to hear us, too.
2: Is it my turn again? Yeah. What are we, on the live shows?
1: Uh, no. Uh, Patreon.
0: no Patreon.
2: Patreon. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, we we do want to thank all of our Patreon donors out there. They help keep the network up and running. Uh, if you're new to the Random Chatter Network, if this is the first uh, the first podcast you've listened to um, from us, we we try to avoid advertising and things like that uh, as a way to kind of keep the lights on. Instead, we're using Patreon, where we rely on donations from people, but it, it gives us a way to give something back to the people who donate so we have bonus content there we have a a slack community where people can go and hang out and and chat uh talk about lots of different things um we've we've got quite a bit of of stuff there so if you're interested head over to patreon.com slash random chatter uh for more information on how you can help us keep the lights on
0: and if you have any questions too about patreon you can always uh you know send us an email or ask us on twitter or something we'll be happy to uh happy to oblige and answer your questions the best we can um yeah that that's about it for uh, this episode uh we're just cruising on along here so i really really can't wait to uh, talk about episodes nine and ten especially after eric and Lou have uh, hyped them up for me so um thank you both for joining me uh for this episode and we will see everyone next time take care